Hello and welcome to this week's edition of SBC This Week, a roundup of news and views from around the Southern Baptist Convention. SBC This Week is hosted by Amy Whitfield and Jonathan Howe. Hey, Jonathan. How's it going? It's going really well. I, I, I know. I know. It's been, a good, it's been a good week for you. It has been. Why don't you tell us? Another new Taylor Swift album this week. Yes. Another one. I, I know. Technically two, but I'm going to count it as three because of the, the double release of the other, the folklore. Yeah. But, yeah. It's like a Christmas gift for you. It is. It is. Yes. Well, that's all. I'll, I'll leave it there. Um, but we had our Christmas party this week at the executive committee. A really kind of neat way to do a socially distanced Christmas party spread out all over the building. And, and that was a lot of fun. Yeah, and I uh, so I, I was able to be there for it. Yeah. I was in the office, and I thought it was very well done. So those of you who are maybe even trying to figure out how to do that, uh, it was pretty cool because there there are TV screens in the building, and so they hooked it up where um, there was a time where there were some remarks being made and, and things being done, and so that was piped through the TV screens, and then the tables were spaced out basically with two people to a table, again, socially distanced. And then you had your lunch, which was a very good, oh my amazing. goodness, there was a little de- chocolate peppermint. I don't know what it was. It was a little dessert. Pot of cream. Um, I think that's what they called it. That was it. That was it. And so that was all in boxes at our at our tables. So it was just a very, very festive and taking the situation that we're in and just figuring out what to do. It's a really nice pivot for us to still have a great festive day. Um, yeah. So that that was very fun. And speaking of festivities, today is a big day in Wake Forest. I know uh, Keith's got a busy day today. He does. He does. So uh, it is a big day in Wake Forest, both in this house and on Southeastern's campus. So it is graduation day at Southeastern, except not really because they were not able to have the on-campus festivities. So, but, but the graduates get to experience it, feel it, know that this is, is their day. And there's some, uh, you know, an online version that lets them kind of receive them, the congratulations that they deserve. And uh, one very good friend of the pod, Ashley Unziker is graduating today. So we're very excited for her shout out uh, to my friend there and then it's kind of a big day in the Whitfield house too. It's our wedding anniversary. Yep. Congratulations. Yeah. So 21 years. Yep. Don't make any jokes about that. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm right behind you at 18. So in just okay. a couple of weeks. So Okay. Yeah. There you go. We're there. So yep. well, congratulations to you and Keith. Congratulations to all of our graduate friends at Southeastern as well as our other seminaries, we talked last week, Southwestern's graduation was last week. We've got a little quick little story on that here in just a minute. And speaking of Southwestern, we do want to remind you that uh, they sponsor each and every episode here of the podcast. This fall, Southwestern Seminary announced a new joint Master of Divinity and Master of Business Administration degree built in partnership with Dallas Baptist University. This new degree path is designed to equip believers with a versatile degree for today's church and marketplace. Equipped with deep theological knowledge and flexible business skills, men and women will be able to use this training to take the gospel all over the world, wherever God may call them. If you're interested in this new MDiv MBA program, then visit swbts.edu slash mdivmba for more information. That's swbts.edu slash mdivmba. 
for more info. So on to the news this week. Amy, we released the 2021 SBC calendar this week, highlighted by the addition of the George Lyle Church Planting Evangelism and Missions Sunday. That's right. So that was a recommendation to the 2019 SBC annual meeting that had been referred to the executive committee and they approved it in 2020. And so it has now been added to the 2021 calendar, but this is a great resource because churches can take this and look at it, kind of plan out their year. There are some days that I see a lot of churches do like sanctity of life Sunday in Mm -hmm. January, January 17th, but there are a lot of other great ones and great ways to focus on some of the ministries of the SBC, like send relief Sunday. There's a, Global Hunger Sunday, there's a cooperative program Sunday, things like that, where you can inform your churches of what all is happening. And then February 7th is when that day was added, George Lyle Church Planting Evangelism and Missions Sunday. And so we can also have, we've, we've got some, we got a story from that EC meeting, I believe, that talks about the addition of that. So we can throw that in the show notes too, so you can get some of the background on that day. Absolutely. So uh, that, like you mentioned, is the first Sunday in February. And a couple other Sundays, I think, of note, Mission Dignity Sunday. Remember, that got kind of moved around this year because of COVID. It's back in its traditional spot at the end of June. That's June the 27th, uh, that Sunday, that last Sunday of June. July 4th, Amy, falls on a Sunday this year. Oh, wow. Yeah. So Citizenship and Religious Liberty Sunday, appropriately, on July 4th this year. So just uh, something to note there. And I want to recommend that all people make plans now to have your copy of the Declaration of Independence so that you can read it aloud to those who will listen, which in my life sometimes is... Keith. Yeah, sometimes it's just one, but I do it anyway. Yes. Uh, a couple of other big ones uh, I think that you know we, we talk about, we actually just had one that we celebrated this past week, was the Week of Prayer for Mission Study and International Missions and the Lightning Moon Christmas Offering. That's uh, November 28th to December 5th next year. And then the North American Missions Emphasis uh, for Annie Armstrong, the Week of Prayer and Mission Study for North American Missions and Annie Armstrong Offering is the 7th through the 14th of March. So those two big days of North American missions as well as international missions in March and kind of November, December, respectively, this coming year. So all the information, like you said, and a downloadable calendar in a format that you can print, like poster size, put up in the church office, whatever you want to do, however you want to do that. Uh, Frame it, put it on the wall, get Amy to sign it, one of those kind of things. Uh, You can do that over at Baptist Press. That link is in the show notes. Amy, we have an update from a story we had last week on the ERLC and the amicus brief in the NAM lawsuit with Will McCraney. ERLC issued an apology and an explanation regarding the amicus brief this week. That full text of that very long article that they released through Baptist Press is available on baptistpress.com, and we link to it in the show notes. So a couple of things in that. One section of that we will highlight, you can read the full thing, like we said, at the link in the show notes, but, quote, there's no avoiding the fact that there were problems with the language in the brief, specifically language and statements that inaccurately describe Baptist polity and church autonomy and that are inconsistent with the positions the ERLC has repeatedly taken. We wish, instead of joining Thomas More Society's brief, that we had written our own. We fully recognize this brief created concern and unnecessary confusion. Before we say anything else, let us say we apologize. So that is uh, straight from the article over at Baptist Press, full link in the show notes. 
All right, Amy, it's the first of the month. You know what that means? CP. That's right. And hey, we're above budget two months into the budget year. Nice. That's very exciting. It's a, you know, it's at the beginning, but we're starting out strong and that's yes. very good news. Absolutely. So the monthly budget amount is a little over 15.5 million and we brought in just under $15.7 million. So uh, that that's a really strong November for the cooperative program giving. And as of November, we have totaled $31.7 million in cooperative program receipts, uh, which is just only 825000 less than last year through the first couple of months. And that included like a big fifth Sunday month in November last year. Like the November total last year was like $17.3 million, So it was a really big month. But we are ahead of our budget goal of $31.1 million year to date by a little over $600,000. So that's pretty good headed into December. And um, designated gifts are also up. You know, a lot of these special offerings, special gifts to the IMB and, and NAM have come in. We've talked about those on the podcast. So they are also up and they're like uh, up like 18% more than they were the first two months last year. So some good news in both categories of giving in the Southern Baptist Convention. Very cool. All right, we mentioned it a little bit earlier in the show. Southwestern held kind of a modified graduation service last week, and not only did they honor the fall graduates, Amy, they allowed the spring graduates whose service had gotten canceled because of COVID-19 back in May to come and participate in this, and, you know, like a whopping 600 people Wow, had degrees conferred upon them. I mean, it is a huge thing because they had both spring and fall, so pretty neat there. Yeah, so they were able to figure out sort of how to do this. They had the ceremony there in McGorman Chapel, but due to COVID-19 restrictions in the room were graduates, faculty, and production staff. So they were all wearing masks, socially distanced throughout the ceremony. And then their families were able to view it through a live simulcast from locations all over campus. And then it was live streamed online as well. So it was a way for them to kind of have that moment. And uh, so, yeah, they had, a, they, they had a big group, um, 54 bachelor's degrees, 494 master's degrees, 72 doctoral and 18 certificate. So it was a lot, about 223 of those were able to be present in the graduation ceremony. So great opportunity for all of those from 2020 who graduated from Southwestern. Absolutely. So uh, congratulations to all of those graduates, including at least one dignitary, Amy. And we'll, we'll talk about him a little bit more in, later in the show, but O.S. Hawkins got his PhD. That's right. Dr. Hawkins. Yes. Yeah, Dr. Hawkins. I, we've called him Dr. Hawkins for years anyway. And now it's like Dr. Dr. Hawkins. Because I think he That's had right. like a, did he have a DBN? Maybe so, maybe so, yeah. but it's, but, but we're just going to say it again. And it's, it's a uh, pretty cool. And I believe his dissertation uh, was on Jay Frank Norris. Yes. I'm pretty yes, sure. Cause he's been tweeting about that as he was doing right. his uh, dissertation. Remember That's that. right. So Dr. So. Hawkins, congratulations. We'll, we'll, we got a little note on Dr. Hawkins a little bit later in the show, but first some more seminary news, New Orleans and North Greenville university have signed an articulation agreement. This is a partnership where they will count certain college credit hours toward a Master of Divinity degree that will just save time and money for the students. And it's a pathway where their Christian studies majors can apply qualified earned college credits toward the MDiv at New Orleans Seminary. So they they were kind of hit the courses that are comparable, essentially, and they're able to count for both. So things in the Christian studies uh, program that would compare to New Orleans classes. And then when 
when any students go to New Orleans, they start out kind of ahead of the game because a lot of the classes they took are able to count. So a very, very nice uh, agreement, particularly right now when, you know, folks get started on a master's degree and they've got a lot ahead of them, both in years and dollars. And so this is a great way to, to be efficient. Also, the executive committee of the seminary trustee board met this week and approved Larry Lyon, good friend of the pot, as vice president for business administration. He had been at the school since 2019 and been serving as the vice president for enrollment. And with the retirement of Patty Schoner, uh, the current vice president for business affairs, Larry is going to move into that role and kind of the enrollment stuff will roll up under him as well in this role. So uh, congratulations to Larry. They also approved a renovation plan for the Hardin Student Center. Yes. So congrats to Larry for that. I've known Larry for a lot of years. He was my colleague at Southeastern and and we worked alongside each other. Incredible. And was my Sunday school teacher. So he is very deserving of this spot and will do a fantastic job. All right. Also, big congratulations up to Southern and three new faculty members up there. Scott Connell has been appointed professor of church music and worship. Now, he also serves as the uh, pastor of worship down at First Baptist Jacksonville in Florida. Do not confuse him, Amy, with Scott McConnell. Right. I I know. I've already had the same. Yeah. Who is not. I mean, I, I don't think he really does much with music and church music and worship. You don't know that. He may. Maybe he does. I don't know. But but yeah, Scott McConnell is, is at Lifeway. He's the director of Lifeway Research, folks. Right. So Handles that name may ring a bell. Yes. yes. So he's yes. the stat so Scott guy. Scott Connell. Connell is the music guy. Right. Right. That's right. Okay. Yes. Congrats to Scott. Also, Bradley Green appointed to serve as the professor of philosophy and theology. He's got a uh, Master's of Divinity from Southern, a PhD from Baylor, and has authored several books, including one on Augustine of Hippo. And then John Henderson, who is a a PhD from the University of North Texas, was appointed Associate Professor of Biblical Counseling. So he's an Associate Pastor at University Baptist in Fayetteville, Arkansas. We got links to the full story over at Southern, but congratulations to Scott, Bradley, and John on those appointments. Amy? Some news we mentioned it a little while ago from Guidestone. Uh, they are welcoming additional recommendations. We mentioned a few months ago, President O.S. Hawkins has asked the trustees to begin the process of identifying his successor. Uh, that happened back in September, just two or three months ago. And uh, they don't have a timeline. The search committee has been accepting recommendations the past few months, and they've extended that deadline to submit those recommendations and resumes to January the 15th. So you got about a month and five days, I guess. Uh, so, so, that's where I should send, so that's where I should send your recommendation, my recommendation for you. Well, I mean, you can. I don't know yes. if it's going to do any good. I was going to recommend you. So I yeah, think if I we recommend each that. other, I it can, cancels things I, I out. I can see that. I can see that recommendation right now. She's great with people, not good with numbers. And then let's you put know. her over the entity with all the numbers. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. They said there would be no math. Math is not her strong suit. If you don't ask her to add anything, then she'll do fine. That's yeah, probably not the best. So Yeah, don't say that. We need to rethink that. Right. But so, uh, those okay. of you who are out there, if you have someone to recommend, uh, not me or Jonathan, yes. uh, I think we've We're established happy where we that. Are. <laughs> yes. Uh, I think we've established that that's not, not the right fit. Uh, but anyone that you have to recommend, send it in. 
Yes. Again, Steve Dighton is the chairman of that committee, also serving with him, Randall Blackman, David Cox, Jim Scrivener, David Rainwater, and also uh, the chairperson and the vice chairperson, who are Renee Trawick and John Hoychik, respectively. So uh, if you have recommendations, there's a uh, an email address as well as a snail mail address that you can send those to. Now, finally, Amy, some cool news from the IMB. So we, we talked, you know, last week a lot about Lottie Moon. We talked about it the last two or three weeks, Lottie Moon Christmas offering going on right now. And the IMB missionaries that are spread out across the world, this, they had a campaign that allowed them to pledge their gifts to Lottie Moon Christmas offering. And that pledge drive raised more than $800,000 for incredible. the Lottie Moon Christmas offering. How cool is that? That's incredible. Really amazing. The goal for this year is $175 million, which would be the largest Lottie Moon Christmas offering ever received. Yeah. So, and I'm, you know, I, I'm feeling pretty good. I mean, that's I a too. big goal. It, it's about it, $20 million more want... than last year, but, you know, in the giving. But, I mean, right. things are looking good. Some big gifts going along, and hey, yeah. you never know. And they want to do that because it's 175 yeah. years. Mm-hmm. Kind of to match up yeah. with that. So, I, I'm excited by this, and big thank you. Our, our missionaries across the world... They're, you know, sacrificed a lot as it is. And for them to, uh, to be committed shows that they're how committed they are to the cause that they represent across the world. So, uh, a very, very cool thing. $800,000 committed by our missionaries. Amy, that's going to do it for our news this week and bring us to my favorite part of the week this week in SBC history. Amy, blow our minds. We're going to go to 1979 to a really just kind of a wild story, um, that, came out of Longview, Texas in the December 7th issue of Baptist Press. And it the title is, the headlines, Nativity Scene Baby Brings Christmas Joy. Pretty incredible. So First Baptist Church, Longview, Texas, they had a, a nativity scene outside the church. And the pastor, Charles Holland, was walking to his office in like 32 degree weather, and he thought he heard a baby crying. So he assumed that there was a recording that was part of the scene. And that's actually it, not a bad idea, you know, kind of. No, it's not. You know, but, but, but then, that goes against the song, you know, right. no crying he makes, right? Right. That, fair enough. But then he, you know, just there was something that seemed like maybe it was more than a recording. So he went and investigated and it, there was a cardboard box. It was about four yards behind the manger and there was a baby Wrapped in a, a crib sheet in the cardboard box. It was in box, swaddling Lying clothes. on a pillow. Wrapped in a crib sheet. Close enough. I guess so. Lying on a pillow. And there was a note that said, I'm Timothy. Please take care of me. <sighs> and so they immediately, they took him to the church nursery. They cleaned him up. They notified the police, took him to a hospital. Um, he was two days old, they assessed. Weighed about seven pounds, eight ounces. Was in perfect health and they called him timothy christmas Uh, but they said it says his body temperature was about normal so he had to have been left at the scene only a few minutes before but it said that the discovery had captured attention all around the world major networks newspapers uh, things like that were covering it so this was kind of a big deal i i didn't know anything about this i've not ever heard this story of course i was three years old myself so it was not but this is a pretty incredible one. And so we hear all kinds of, um, uh, we hear all kinds of, of things happening, but this was a unique situation 
a baby found and rescued in the church nativity scene, and it all happened this week in SBC history. I'm just glad they found the baby. Yeah. I mean, that, ooh. So 32-degree weather, you, I'm glad you they found ha- the baby. Here would, here would be my guess, is that if the baby had only been out there for a few minutes, probably the person saw someone coming. They had to have been nearby. Yes. Yes. So. So that's that's good. So. Yeah, but, but pretty amazing. We need to track down Timothy now. Yeah. So, I don't know what happened. I don't know. I mean, obviously, I don't. I just read this story for but, the first time. You know, thank you for the pastor for being attentive and being inquisitive and checking it out. Yeah. So, pretty crazy. Wow. Amazing story. So uh, really, you know, good ending there. Happy ending on that one. So, all right. Well, that's going to bring us to our resources of the week. Amy, your resource of the week is? Well, mine is something that is interesting to me. It's a collection that I'm really early on just starting, but it's still a lot of fun. And so other people might want to start their own too. And it is the White House Historical Association Christmas Ornaments. So this is really cool. So the White House Historical Association puts out a new Christmas ornament every year. And they started back in the 80s with a an ornament that signifies every administration. So it started with, you know, George Washington and it's all the way up this year. It's Kennedy is the one. And so the ornament has some sort of a uh, marker of that presidential administration. So the reason this got on my radar screen is that in our church in Waverly, uh, a wonderful friend, she collected these. And so for the years that we were there, that was what uh, she would give us as a Christmas gift. And so I have about five or six from those years, but I'm planning to do some work to kind of build up that collection and to have, uh, to have my own because you can get back dated ones. But then this year, the one is, it's the portrait of John F. Kennedy that we often will see where he's kind of looking down. I think it hangs in the White House. So this is connected to the White House Historical Association is not ever really connected with the administration. It is a group of, it's a group of individuals that are working to preserve presidential history. Yeah. 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 So follow them on Instagram. Yeah. And they have a lot of other things, but what I did is took just sort of their store link and the link to the ornaments. So you'll have to check those out. There's some really, really beautiful ones in there. I'm kind of disappointed this year's didn't commemorate the tennis pavilion. That was just commissioned the other day. Well, because you have to remember the, the, I mean, that is a historical, right. And that is that, that is working to, to preserve something, but this is the historical association. And so they follow their pattern. So they might not be doing something that is current, you know, mm-hmm. did you see They're, the pictures of the tennis pavilion? I did. I did. It it's looks really, really nice. the before. Yeah. The before and after the is, before is looked incredible. like a little shack, like a shanty yeah. or something. I mean, it was, it was awful. Yeah. You know, and that's a really, that's a regular thing because it's a public building and stuff. But if you let it, you know, if they, if it kind of goes downhill, they really have to work to keep it up because it's, a lot of old structures and yeah. things. And um, there's stories about, you know, certain, you know, first ladies. Uh, it may have been when Jackie Kennedy got in, there were like mice running around and things like that. It's really crazy. What? And so she has, she did a huge project to um, preserve. It may not have been her. I remember that was one first lady that got in well, there. No, there was and a huge renovation to, during, was it Truman? Right. 
under the Truman yes, administration. Uh, yeah, but then the Kennedy run, uh, the Kennedy administration. She also did did a whole lot and raised raised money. And the White House Historical Association is part of that. But anyone who's lived in an old house recognizes that there just there's constantly things that have to be yeah. done, and so but you have to raise money because you know public uh, public money can't really be spent on all of that. So. Yeah. Uh, it's it's good work that the Historical Association does, and these commemorative ornaments are uh, just a really neat part of American history. Yeah. Who added the bowling alley? Was that Nixon or was that LBJ? I can't remember. It was one Maybe of them. Nixon. I think I maybe think Nixon. Was, I think it was Nixon. I could be wrong. Seems but like anyway. it. All right. Well, it's my pretty, really cool. resource of the week is a new Christmas album, Amy, with yes. a twist. All right. Give so, it to us. Rick Brewer who is the president of Louisiana College. I think we've mentioned him on the podcast a couple of times over the years. Um, he has released a Christmas album of him playing piano. So That's like, pretty he's, cool. He's an accomplished pianist. and Which which I did not know. I It was in the bio, and I just, I've overlooked it, I guess. I didn't realize it, but it's in right. his bio, and it's in like the stories of Baptist Press talking about how he plays the piano. But he's got a piano Christmas album. And the proceeds are going to scholarships at Louisiana College. So how cool I is think that? that's really cool. Yeah. I think that's very cool. Yeah. All right. <laughs> uh, no, I think that's very cool. So I'll have to check that out. I love yeah. Christmas music, and I love to uh, to to check out the new albums that come out every year. As I had expressed earlier this year, I was very excited. Dolly Parton had that's a new right Christmas album, and I've I've listened to that. Really like it, Carrie Underwood, um, and and some others. But now I want to listen to Rick Brewers. Okay, we were wrong, by the way, about the bowling alley. We were really wrong. All right, who who added it? Truman during as part of the uh, the renovations. You threw. I tell you, you threw a question at me that I just could not remember off the top of my head. I know Nixon lo- liked the bowling alley. Yes, like he really, really enjoyed that. So, uh, the other fun thing that a lot of people don't know is the the swimming pool that like Roosevelt used and stuff. That that's the press room now. Okay. Yes. All right. So here's the deal. Truman actually had the first bowling lanes built. All right. right. But they were moved to the OEOB in '55 to make room mm-hmm. for a mimeograph room. But then in 69, Nixon had a new one lane alley go. built. So there you go. So you were kind of, it, yeah, it was, so it was, it was Nixon. Right. There you go. So we were right, kind of. All right. Well, that's going to do it for our show this week. Again, congratulations to all the graduates at all our seminaries. I know a lot of them doing the virtual online graduation ceremonies. So uh, congratulations to all of them and special congratulations to good friend of the show. Ashley Unzicker, who's getting her master's from Southeastern today. I know she's excited about that. I'm kind of disappointed that we're not getting to see Ashley walk across the stage with a crowd because there's no telling what that may bring. We missed out. Yeah, we'll just have to to imagine. So, All right. Well, also, um, we got some news, Amy. Next week, you know what that is, right? Next week? Yeah. It's uh, it's December eighteenth. It's also episode three hundred. Yes, I know. SBC this week, so episode three hundred, kind of our last kind of newsy episode of the year, because the other two will be our look back and look forward uh, the next two weeks after that. But we've got Art Tolston coming on the show next week to talk about his life in Southern Baptist world and covering Baptist press for so long, and uh, we'll just. Pick his brain for 20, 30 minutes and, and see where it goes. So, Here's some uh, stories. Yeah. Pretty exciting. So, yeah, story time with Uncle Art. 
next week. I'm looking forward to this. Art is one of the the great people in Southern Baptist life and uh, been a good friend for the last few years. And I know that uh, you won't want to miss his interview next week right here on the podcast. Thanks again to our sponsor, Southwestern Seminary. Be sure to check out that MDiv MBA uh, combo they've got with Dallas Baptist University. And Amy, I'll see you next week. See you next week.